Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. And welcome back to the Sports and Media Cont- uh, Contest Show <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. And our guest Hi. today is back. Hi, Justin Rust from the Journal-Gazette Times-Courier. Well, thanks for coming in today, Justin. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me in. Uh, lots of topics to touch. He's visible there with the... Uh... Yeah, he's right there. Okay. Well, we don't mind. always need to see my face. I, that, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm newspaper. That's why we hide so. you in the corner. There you we? go. That's why. <laughs> right. yeah. Where are we going to start today, guys? Where well, do you want to start? We've got a couple of different things. We yeah. Could, uh, oh, yeah, you want me to lean it forward. Yeah, we, we want you to talk uh, about the mic, Joe. I guess we could start off. We were talking about Eastern sports. Uh, Eastern and, sports. And really maybe some of the coverage of it is I'm, what I'm more interested in because, as we talked about beforehand, whether or not Eastern's going to cut some sports is really purely speculation. Yep. Uh, yeah, but what's you, interesting is the reporting process on there. I've talked to some of the students who are covering for the Daily Eastern News. Of course, Justin could talk about his own reporting here. Um, on stories like this, it's really difficult because no one wants to give you that information ahead of time. But the thing you can do to be proactive is to do things, and I've got to hate that word, but how did I just <laughs> use it? But in order to be active and, and to be able to find these things out, not just reactive, is to go out there and start looking at how many scholarships are being offered, how much money they're talking about, and then sort of try to make some connections and say, here, here are some possibilities. Not that you're positing that these are absolutely going to happen, but to get people thinking, if they're talking these numbers, these dollars, here's some possibilities that's going to happen. And I think that's something that you did, right, Justin? Yeah, it's something I did. And I also looked at facilities, too, because if, if you think, like, baseball, you're not – you got to – coach's stadium out there softball you got the stadium out there you know soccer has their own field so you got to be careful where you cut even with swimming and diving that, that's one of the popular ones to get cut at different universities that we've seen they, there's a pool you just have a pool just sitting empty and how, how much is upkeep of that for just sitting there and tennis they just redid the tennis uh court about two years ago i think so right. you kind of kind of got to look at facilities with it too um and, and the numbers with it too like um when they say four sports does it mean, as you guys said before, does it mean men's and women's golf, or does it just mean men's golf? Or and that's, I'm just throwing sports out there. I'm not saying these are the sports that's here. What I was wondering. So and what you're saying is they're going to kill golf? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Exactly de- de- definitely not saying that. Definitely not saying that. But I think that is the yeah. thing to think about it when they say four sports. Does that mean a sport as a whole, or a sport individually as female or uh, male? And I think that's one of the things that has not been, you know, fully answered from the athletic department. And they don't have it. They don't have to tell us right now. And yeah. even uh, President Glassman has said that this isn't a for sure thing, and it's just one of those. It's speculation. But when it's on your campus, it's the end of the semester, and it's a sports talk show. We're we're sure as heck going to talk about it. And it happens on a lot of other campuses, as, 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 uh, as we all know. And if you're going to do a story like this, you need to go talk to the AD, too, because in our sense, Tom Michael, who's very accessible, willing to talk, um, as he told one of the reporters here and probably told you the same thing, is that nothing is planned. We're just looking at the assessment and seeing what we might want to cut. It's not because we need to cut 50000 or 100000 right now. Don't talk to the ADs. Go talk to the person in charge, and, and hopefully they'll talk to you. I know they don't always want to talk to you, but if you can get that confirmation or just some feedback on there, it could be helpful. Yep, that's what he told Jared Jarman, who did the story. And, and it's in Illinois, it's something that every school has had to look at, too. Um, Southern Illinois cut, uh, I believe it was tennis, and some scholarships for swimming and diving, and they said they're saving $650,000 from it. Now, the interesting part here is you also have to look at these kids if, if their programs get cut. 
they're not staying. They're probably not staying at Eastern. They're going to be bitter. They're going to be not happy. They might not have might go closer to home or something. Some of these people aren't all from here, so they could go closer to home for for a major if they wanted to. And and apparently, one of the board members said it would be a loss of four hundred fifty thousand dollars if you lost these sports because it's not all full scholarship for these kids for some of the sports. So you're not looking at like a football team getting disbanded because there's a lot of full scholarships there. Basketball the same way. And and we can, and I know you and I have talked a little bit about this, Justin, is that you can't trust these numbers, first of yeah. all. Everybody uses all kinds of numbers. We see it happening right now with the Affordable Health Care Act and people throwing numbers. We don't have the Congressional Budget Office numbers. The same thing for athletics where we don't know. When they say they're saving $650,000, you and yeah. I sort of winked like, yeah, I, it's not really six hundred and fifty thousand dollars they're saving right when that's when that story came out i had to wonder if like the tennis team for southern illinois was going to australia for <laughs> trips because i i looked at that i'm like for personal those three, like exactly were, were they taking like boeings like was, was it g6s were they watching <laughs> was al pacino traveling with right, them right right exactly but, and that's the thing you don't you don't know the accounting numbers because i'm not saying anyone's fudging accounting numbers but they're putting their spin on it and these aren't easy, accessible documents for everyone to see, even though they are public universities. They will fight you tooth and nail to see it. I haven't had, I don't know if that's like that here. I haven't had to ask for anything yet for well, that. I think but. everybody does, right? Doesn't yeah. everybody try? To, I mean, they try to put the numbers in the best thing. They always talk about accountants have the most fun because they can play with the numbers as much. And, and, and the numbers that we're seeing, you can go look it up. I've looked at the numbers at Eastern Illinois. I've looked at all the Ohio Valley Conference numbers, and I've seen what the numbers actually are. And then you hear the numbers afterwards, and you go, well, that's not true. And that's why we shouldn't just trust people's numbers. We need to go out there. As a matter of fact, and, and I know. Actually, what is it? A good true journalist does. They investigate and find out. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, not that, not that I plug this all the time, but uh, with the web fight, uh, website, sportsfieldguide.org, go back there. I posted something on how to look up public documents about a month ago, uh, and that'll give you some more of the links instead of us bothering you, giving you links over the air and things like yeah. that. There you go. That's the best way to do it because um, it's, it's tough to find all of it because, like I said, there's fighting, but it, it's out there. and. Um, there's, there's journalists who just sit down and crunch these numbers all day to see how it adds up, and that, that, that's kind of their job, enterprise reporting and such. It's, this is this is the big thing for enterprise reporting right here. So well, let's right. switch to and, baseball. And, well, let's just to, to be baseball, clear, right? to summarize, you're saying that golf is gone, right? I, I, no, I'm no, only I, kidding. I, you're going to get us in trouble. I, I, saw, I, saw someone, I saw someone post on Facebook that the, oh, hockey, that team, the hockey team is getting uh, cut, and luckily they're right because Eastern does not have hockey. There you go. <laughs> Always trust that alternative facts and yep. – fake news on social media. And what they should do is bring back wrestling, but that's another stomach for another day. <laughs> All right, let's switch to baseball. Some interesting, An interesting week, none to, to say the less, in baseball. We can talk about unwritten rules, and we can also talk about what happened in uh, at Fenway Park. So I'll let you guys take the floor on this one. Well, let's, go ahead. Justin. They, they kind of go hand in hand with everything, too, because they both involve the Orioles and Red Sox yeah. both times. And you got... The unwritten rules I want to touch on real quick because I hate the unwritten rules. The unwritten rules are stupid. You're throwing a 90-mile-per-hour fastball at someone's head. I don't care if they're wearing a helmet. That connects. That can do some serious damage. That could kill someone. Like, if it hits in the right spot, that could kill someone, whether they're wearing a helmet or not. And has. It, exactly. So it needs to end the unwritten rules of throwing at each other. It's, it's just getting dumb. Kevin Gossman got thrown out of the game last night for throwing a curveball. I don't think you're trying to hit someone with a curveball. So it's just, it just needs to end. There needs to be 
the I guess, signs stealing but, but all But can't you understand stuff. why they threw him? I would have tossed him too. You have all these all these people throwing, and, and a 77 mile an hour curveball can do some damage. Yeah, and, and that's a way to say, oh, we didn't forget. And who knows if it was? The fact of the matter is, in most situations, you're right. He would have never been thrown out of that game. But these unrooting rules. I agree with Justin completely. I think they're ridiculous. They shouldn't be out there. Why are we throwing these? As Manny Machado, Machado said, you know, when that, you know, people called it a tirade, I think it was an explanation. I didn't think yeah. he was on a tirade. I think he was saying he's some right logical things and just happened to be cursing a lot, as I would. He goes, they have a ball. Don't forget, I'm holding a bat. And I could, he could go out there, and, I think and for that's one, happened in baseball. Yeah. Johnny Roseboro. And I think for once, we're all in agreement. Baseball's unwritten rules are dumb, and they make no sense, and they're outdated. I think... Time changes, evolution changes. Look, we've added things in baseball the last few years, you know, and with the All-Star game and the DH and doing the timing of the pitches, all this stuff that's happening right now in baseball, it's time to get rid of the unwritten rules. And, and, it, and it starts with the young players doing it, and I don't care if the old players in the, in the clubhouse don't like it. At some time, you got to start changing. It needs to start now before somebody does get hurt. And it's, it's for the kids who love the game, the young kids out there, you try to explain an unwritten rule to them that you can't run in front of the pitcher's mound, or you you got to hit somebody who hits your guy. They, they're really they're they're archaic, and it's time to go. And, and to tie into this, I think Jeff, you brought this up. You know, whether or not you want to talk about uh, the unwritten rules or the race or something, you know, sort of a crossover with that is in in Boston, which isn't certainly not the only ballpark that has something yeah. like this. But they were yelling at Adam Jones and saying yep. all these racial epithets, and. You know, not to go too far, but maybe it is a good analogy, is that the unwritten rules for baseball players in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, They're antiquated, you, you, had like, the, you had the Jim Crow rules, yeah. where if you lived in the South, there are certain things you could and could not do. I know it's not nearly close to what we're talking about for baseball, but, there, but unwritten rules can be harmful, and we're seeing... We're seeing that happen, and the whole race situation there in Boston, and it's not only Boston, of course. Yeah, no, there's there's other cities that have. And I no did see where they did ban one fan yeah. for life. Yeah, yep, and there's there. And, and the guy was proud when he was yelling, yeah. you know, the next day. It's just nuts. It, it's crazy, and I think I think that's the example that Boston needs to set. Eliminate some of these fans; they can't ever come back. And then all of a sudden, the world will get out, and, and things will change. But you have to instill the change, and why? You know, with a written rule. You can instill change. Why not with an unwritten rule? And it all, it all starts with the players with the unwritten rule. Yeah. And the managers, too, because the managers sometimes, even though they never will admit it, but they, they, you know, they'll they call for someone to be hit. Well, that needs to stop as well. And Bob, I, and, Bobby Cox is retired, so he got rid of one manager. There, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the fact that Boston and Major League Baseball is kicking people out. I mean... You know, if you say a word negative about somebody, you know, people say, oh, well, you're being a bunch of snowflakes and things like that. I think most people can take those. But but why, why should people have to hear some of those things in a public scene? That, well, I mean, kids those around. are cruel words, right? Oh, it's cruel words. It's wrong words. There's young people around hearing that, uh, and there's no reason for it in the, in, in the year 2017. We, we, hopefully we've grown up as a country enough to get away from that, and so it's time to go. It's, it's kind of like going to a football game. You know, my kids always like to go to football games. Football games, when you're a, a team that's on a, going against – you know, when you're going against a team, when you're the road team, it is scary being at some of these NFL stadiums. Some of these fans are just out of control, and they'll tell you any – they'll say anything. They don't care who you're with. So, yeah, there definitely needs to be more security. I could tell stories about when I was a Steeler fan in Cincinnati of what some of the Bengal fans were yelling. And it's it, it's it's horrible. And, and I would never take my kids to Cincinnati to see a Steelers game because of, the, of the, how bad the Bengal fans are. 
And, and, you know, when we're talking about race, I think too many sports writers are afraid to write about race, whether it's at the college level, the pro level, the high school level, because they feel like it's not part of what they want to do. But it's all part of it now, all of it. Like, so if you're at a high school game, Justin, and you start hearing all these racial epithets or something getting thrown out there, how are you going to cover that? So say you're at either the Lakeland basketball game or a, or a Charleston or Mattoon uh, uh, football game. Have you been in those situations? I have not yet. I have heard situations of... of of kids chanting stuff. One night I was, the next, they were chanting it one night. The next day I was at the game, they were told to stop, and they were chanting, build that wall, build that wall. And it was volleyball where you can, but they weren't saying it for that purpose. They're, they're trying to be funny and, and such. So they got to be careful. They didn't have any bad meaning from it. They didn't do that. But you got people going to games now. Um, there's a situation back in Des Moines, the state basketball tournament for Iowa, where... Um, one of the Des Moines North has a bunch of you know they're they're known for their diversity. Mm-hmm. They're the state tournament. They're facing West Des Moines Valley, who's not known for that. And okay, little little richer neighborhood there. And the West Des Moines Valley kids were having chance. They're saying certain things, and it got reported on. And all they did was say that the report was false. So even when it's reported on, fake news, man. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, the Des Moines Register being fake you news. Have you have your facts, we have so, ours, yeah, right? So, all that kind of BS. So it's tough. I haven't personally seen it. And, you know, I've, I've seen places with, with some diversity. I've covered a historically black college in, in Arkansas, Pine Bluff. They're in the HBCU. Mm-hmm. So it, it's – I haven't seen it personally. I'm also sitting in places where I might not hear it. You know, I'm so sure. focused on the games, I might not hear it. But well, I unfortunately, think I know here, it's we're a little there, luckier. Yeah. We're not going to hear it as much, I think, in yeah. Central Illinois. Knock on wood, but I don't think you'd hear it as much. I, I do hear it. You do? Okay. I hear it in everyday situations, not necessarily at the games. Yeah. but no, that's I, never, I, 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 hear it, I hear it in oh, everyday situations. Oh, okay. I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. On a funnier note of, of a gender inequality, the Edmonton Oilers. Did you hear about this one? Last night at their game, they closed a couple of the women's. They didn't close. They changed a couple of the women's restrooms, and they, they diverted them to men's restrooms because they thought there were going to be more men's men at the game, and some of the women were upset about that. W- women already have the longest lines at sporting events. So I mean, if it really, you can have. Twice as many women, and it is for whatever reasons, you know, it takes longer. Is, <laughs> is Canada the only place where women don't have long lines or something? I don't no, that, know. That's that's it. That's just a re- that, <laughs> that's not that, good all around. I thought around. that was funny as heck that they, yeah. you know, they, they closed the men, or they added more men's by taking away women's, and the women were mad. Oh, so man. you don't want to make and you don't want to make hockey fans from Canada mad. No, no. Um, and, and you know, some other issue related to women's sports. My, my daughter's the assistant soccer coach for Charleston High School. And she, they played a game yesterday where the head coach couldn't be there, so they played um, Monticello. And both of the coaches there are female. And they, all, and they started noticing that Kristen, of course, is a female. And they started talking about how few female coaches there are, female sports in high school level. Yep. You're around here all the time, Jeff. I haven't covered a whole, I mean, uh, I mean. That's <laughs> Justin. Justin. I'm looking at the wrong face. <laughs> so, Justin, you're around here covering all these things. Have you noticed uh, anything? Are there more or less? I've, in, have you, in it's, about, it's about the same. I've noticed it all over where it's, there's discrepancy. There's no doubt about it. There's less women coaches in women's sports everywhere like it, it's it's sad because I, I mean that was one of the things that came up with the EIU women's basketball coaching search Matt Blount's a very good hire but some people were like let's get a woman coach a woman I see the point there because it, it is it's like there are men that can handle it, but it's it's there's enough men in the profession there 
I also think it's because more men always try and get into the coaching profession too. I do think that, <laughs> but but with your daughter coaching soccer, I was really happy to see that because there's someone that knows the game, that's played the game, that could coach the game, and I just I just feel like they're not always given the first chance sometimes. I see it around. I know a lot of great male coaches who coach female sports. I mean, that's good, but I, I just feel and, like and it's not about like, the quality. Yeah. It's about young women could use a role model and someone who can connect with them. There's certain things they can talk to a women's coach about. And and here's the other thing. When I I used to manage a lot of soccer teams and I used to hire female coaches because I didn't want to be 40-year-old Joe yelling at some 8, 9, 14-year-olds. Not that that's my style anyway, but the female coaches we hired who were former players were far tougher on them, and I don't mean yelling, than I could ever be because they don't have that uh, gender differentiation, and then on top of that, they've also been there, and they also just have a better relationship. Yeah, they do. That's, Relatable, I think that's that, the key. That's exactly yeah. right. I, so. I'd like to see more and more high schools, uh, in particular, hire more female coaches. And at mm-hmm. the college, as much as the good coach, I mean, that coach appears to be here at Easton is going to be, seems like he's a yeah, he's, a nice he's, hire. he's really good. I just, I'm always about yeah. for female sports. Let's and start his getting more female female assistants. Yeah, he, has, yeah. he has hired female assistants. So that's right. Right. Speculation go. that the third one could be female too. So that, that's good. And yeah. Right. Just it'd be nice to see more in there, and also on the men's side, have see more female coaches on the men's side because you look at. Um, the girl at San Antonio, I can't think of her name. Uh, yeah, uh, Be- Becky Ham. Becky Hammond. I should know Becky Hammond. Yeah. She she's from South Dakota, and I I've heard her name all the time. So Becky Hammond with the Spurs, Pop loves her. I mean, she can coach a men's sport. Oh, oh yeah. no, no she, doubt. I think she'll get no a shot doubt. At some point. Yeah, I yeah. do too. So I hope so. Um, the other sporting event that's happening this Saturday used to be a big thing when I was growing up, and now it is kind of like the twelfth story on Sports Center, the Kentucky Derby, where we ran this Saturday. And it seems like you just hear less and less about it each year. And for, for me personally, it saddens me. Your guys' thought about the, the Derby. You hear less about it here. You don't hear less about it down south. Uh, when I worked in Arkansas, I actually covered the Arkansas Derby. And that place was packed when they had their main event because uh, the end-of-the-year event, one of the races they have is actually an automatic qualifier for the Kentucky Derby. So I actually ended up getting to talk to Bob Baffert on the phone for That's one awesome. of the sources. So, but it was packed. Um down south they go to it like they, they go to the big races so you hear about it more more down south it's not big on espn because they don't have the rights to it nbc does so abc doesn't have the rights to any of them they used to have i think they used to i think nbc has it now preakness or something like that maybe yeah, it is abc maybe Tarico's doing the doing the derby now yep and he's on nbc now yeah. so yeah, so um, that's right but uh it's still pretty big down south it it's there's not as many horse tracks here as there are down south, so that's kind of the way. We ran in the paper during horse race season. We would run um, betting lines for horse races <laughs> every day. I, w- I would get those together and put together the betting lines for all eight races at at uh, the, the track um, uh, in Hamilton, I think is what it was. I can't go. quite remember. I, I, what about you, Joe? I, I, Your thoughts on the Derby? I, I, I think it's coming antiquated in some ways. I think it's it's losing its luster the same way, you know, rowing used to be a huge, the biggest sport in this country 150, 200 years ago. And I, I think horse racing is going to slowly and slowly devolve as a national sport. I think it's going to continue to be a regional sport. Yep. The closer you are to a big track like Lexington, Belmont, or Preakness, you're going to get more of that. If you have some other, other tracks, Santa Anita or something like that out in California. But as a national sport, I think it's, it's pretty much over. I think we don't have I'll say this. Anymore. I'm rooting for the horse named Patch because of your story. The one-eyed horse. He's got one right? eye. Yep, one-eyed horse. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm for Patch. And this, this Patch, is one of the first year that Bob Baffert does not have a horse in the race. And that's, 
Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. And one one interesting thing about horse racing for the reporters aspect of it. Before I went, one of my colleagues, when I, before I went to that race in Arkansas, my colleague said, "Can you put some money down on this horse?" I'm like, "We can't do that. We're journalists. Like, we can't. We can't bet on the event." In horse what racing, mean? I gamble on every high school event I've ever covered. <laughs> uh, I want to know that, who your that's, bookie that's, is. That's, that's, that's a joke. That's <laughs> um, a but, joke. <laughs> but at horse racing, when I went up there to the media to the media area, they had a betting booth set up, like someone to take the money. You, you could. You can literally bet on horse races while you cover them. And I actually ended up making 20 stayed, bucks that day. I would stay in Arkansas. Here, here's some, <laughs> when I worked at the Orlando Sentinel, for any of these races, for those of us who were working on the desk, and we'd have anywhere from 8 to 12 people, and then the newsroom, anybody who wanted to, we had a guy who would run the odds, and everybody would throw money down on the table to see who would win yeah. And uh, at the end. Although, to, we also did that for Miss America in the <laughs> summer. We did that for anything we could. We did with Final Jeopardy. Everybody threw money in there. You know. See, that's, okay. that's acceptable now, but in five years, that will also be politically incorrect. You won't be able to do that anymore. Either. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we had someone actually call Final Jeopardy, call, call the show <laughs> to find out if my answer was right, if it was acceptable enough on the show. There you go. All right, what you'll do for left. two bucks. Any other things you guys want to touch on? Um, the NFL draft, I just want to say again how much I think it's uninteresting. I don't even know why it's an event. I mean, I do understand why it's an event because it's a way to promote the league. Good thing you weren't it's at my house to, last weekend, Jeff. I know, I know. It's a way to promote the event and all these other different things. But I find it so wildly uninteresting. I just don't care. It's like the voice used to, you know, that you know, here's this intro, here's some background on somebody, some sad story, or, you know, someone got picked and now you're with the team. You know, I, give, me a, give me a list. And it's ratings by the way. It's ratings yeah, rough. well. That just shows people don't know. <laughs> so people want to know who their team is drafting. A lot of the story, like the interesting stories that you used to have, yeah. are, are, are already written, are already out there with Twitter and everything, social media. You know about the, these stories and such that you wouldn't know before. You know, yeah, you'd hear about a Todd Maranovich, and they, they'd go back and forth and that, but you didn't know who was drafted in the 17th round. Or, I'm sorry, the 17th pick right. back. Now you know there's so many mock drafts. There's so much info out there about these kids now. Um, I mean, that you can, no, you're saying you, nowadays you don't need some of this because, yeah, you because can, it's accessible. You know, right. you know, you know what right. they ran in the combine because the combine's now televised, which it wasn't televised 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, you're, you're watching four days of the NFL combine on NFL Network. When the NFL Network didn't exist, you didn't know about that. You had to look up a bunch of stuff and... The, the I used to wait for my sporting news to come so I could get the list of players. Bingo, exactly. Yeah. So you'd, you'd have to wow. wait for that. Now you have we are like, old. Now but. you have like eight or nine <laughs> mock drafts from Todd McShay and yeah. and such, and and you now you have and they mock televised from, it the day before yeah. it, and it was well, it two, one or two days before they did the mock draft. Yeah, on ESPN. exactly. So now you have so much oh info God. out there. So that's why it's not as interesting, but the ratings are up because everyone wants to know. Like I said, Jeff, you're tweeting who the, who you wanted the Steelers to pick. I used to tweet about who I wanted the Vikings pick, and I realized Rick Spielman's not very good at his job, so I just stopped, you know, trying to tell him that. But <laughs> I want. I was mad because I had to leave to go to prom stuff for my oldest boy, and I missed our last two picks. And I'm trying not to be. You missed your last two picks oh, in the sixth and seventh round. You know you love prom stuff. You I'm were dressed up yourself. Uh, no. I saw the boot in your in your, in your lapel. Um, <laughs> All right, last up, you've got I, another minute to but go. But one thing about that, I want more orangutans picking. Oh, Lord. I want Drew Pearson. I want some more of the WWE. E or, or whatever I it is nowadays. I love the. If you're going to give me the wrestling stuff and people going in there and yelling and screaming, yeah, make it a show. Don't Did give me some bland. Hey, so and so, here's his stats. Like, you we, know, Justin was just saying. Ah. We, we had the wrestling. Clearly, stuff we're, we're in two football. different worlds here, Jeff. Yep. We had the XFL, and that didn't go too well. You know, Vince McMahon's XFL wrestling. <laughs> no, not the and football. league. I mean, just for the draft. <laughs> you know, I love Drew Pearson. You know, you know, yeah, getting was, people in, in, yep. in Philly upset and. 
That's yeah. fun. That's, that's it's, it's, more fun. Of a, it's more of a spectacle now than it is the draft. So yeah, I, agree that, with that. I mean, they're having it in different cities. It's it's a spectacle more in the draft right now. All right, so. final thoughts, Mr. J- Mr. Justin Rust. Um, rain, rain, go away. Um, everyone asking for the arc. There's one in Kentucky right now, but uh, yeah, just interesting to see what happens over these next few months with, with EIU and also the Missouri Valley is supposed to be coming to a decision on Monday of which school is going to join in. And for the reason that, that that's relevant for EIU is Murray State's in the running. I don't know how serious it is with them. I think Valpo is the team, but um, we'll see who the Missouri Valley picks their report. Say Valpo, but I go U in Milwaukee as a surprise. That that they surprise when this happened. Uh, in 2013, everyone said it was U, uh, Illinois Chicago, and it ended up being Lo- Loyola Chicago. I think Milwaukee is the number two right now, and I think it's between Valpo and Milwaukee. I really do. I think that's spot on. It needs to be a big market because Missouri Valley has always said they want bigger markets uh, in their region. That's why we're never considered. So Milwaukee makes sense. It. Milwaukee makes sense, or even Loyola for Chicago, yep. if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, so bigger that's, market. That's why, that's why Omaha, Nebraska Omaha is in the mix, too, because that's the Omaha market there. You're losing Wichita. You want to keep that. Uh-uh. And then you have um, they, they, they've always wanted St. Louis. But St. Louis does not want to leave the uh, A10. So, right. Oh, um, no, A10 is a real they, they want better. They want the St. Louis market, but they didn't really look at UMKC. So um, that's not, so even if they want the big market, they're also looking at program strength. Slay your money with your bookie <laughs> on Milwaukee is what we're hearing. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying Valpo. He's saying Milwaukee. I think it's one of the two. Um, I don't think Murray State's going to get it because what do you do with football? There you go. All right, Joe, mm-hmm. final thoughts. We're about out of time. Um, well, I, I guess we sort of talked about it. One last thing, I guess, is Jeff Garland, who was on ESPN for about an hour um, on Mike and Mike, and then he, after that he was on Dan Lebertard, um, was absolutely hysterical. It had nothing to do with sports, and I don't mind some of that sometimes in the hands. If you have somebody interesting about Jeff Garland. but um, He's th- hilarious. Th- those, that hour and that show and the other half hour shows how much that ESPN and, and most sports media is now more entertainment than news. Yep. That's a good one. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. I'm Justin. Appreciate you coming in today, Justin. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This has been the Sports Always Media a pleasure. Show. We'll be back next week. We hope you enjoyed the Sports Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.